This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Arabs angry at Ashgar. And Deadline Day Delight for D. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy and joining me in the studio are George Cran Hello. and Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And remotely, that means I can see him on a picture on a laptop, is Alan Temple. Hello. You might be far away, but you're doing most of the work this week, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> All Tell is not good it. in the state of Dundee United. Bottom of the league after last night's defeat. And the Arabs aren't happy with Mr. Ashgar. That feel-good factor just after the World Cup where Dundee United were playing well and putting together some form does feel like a, a wee while ago, despite the fact it was only a couple of weeks. It just goes to show... It was only last week that you and I said it was going to continue. <laughs> I still, you know, call me um, call me a, a tireless optimist, but I still don't think they'll get relegated. However, there's no getting away from the fact that as quickly as things can seem to be on the right path, they can quite quickly veer off that path and I don't think um I don't think deadline day was was good enough um there's there are mitigating factors to uh, to everything as as with all things in life I mean I think for several reasons the, the club were keen to to grant Tony what his wish of getting away and that's fine I, I don't think there's uh, when you've got a player that has reached a stage where he doesn't want to be there I think it's probably uh, time to let him let him go. Tony's a big personality. I don't think he's the kind of guy you keep around um, if he doesn't want to be there. Is it fair to say as well, Alan, that historically Tony Watt, and I'm not having a go at him, when Tony Watt decides his time is up at a club, his time is up at a club. Yeah, and Tony's probably not unique in that regard, but he certainly uh, would probably be one of the more vocal people in terms of um, expressing when he's not happy with the situation at clubs. So that's not a problem. Uh Ideally, you wouldn't have, you know, sent them to another Premiership club. But then again, deals need to be done with all three parties agreeing. If Tony Watt didn't want to go to Belgium, then you can't force Tony Watt to go to Belgium, for example. So, um, such is life. The big and at least mistake, it's not Motherwell. Big, well, that's true. The big, the big failure is uh, not getting a striker in. Uh, that's now. It was difficult. Everything happened very late. It was become patently clear, and we've discussed it before, that there wasn't a finite budget at Dundee United this January. Hell, it doesn't seem like there was a budget for strengthening. What they've tried to do is shift people along, count on money coming in from elsewhere, and then look to move late on. Problem is, the two things they were relying on most were Tony Watt leaving and a club taking a big portion of his wages and the Harry Souter money coming in. Um, the Tony Watt deal was apparent, but anything could happen. Could have failed his medical. Harry Souter could have failed his medical. Uh, we saw that with, you know, we saw how quickly deals can um, collapse for whatever reason when everybody thought Kevin Nisbet was going to Millwall and then suddenly he wasn't going to Millwall. So you can't spend money until things have been signed and you know that money is coming. So it was tight at the end. They managed to get their defender in. Um, I spoke to the, the Huddersfield manager, Mark Fotheringham, who um, we know well up here. Um, Dundee boy. Good Dundee boy, exactly, and you know we'll do we'll put out a bit of him maybe later in the week. But 
he was raving about Loic Aina and <laughs> not to speak out of school, but you know, Mark would give you great stuff on the record, great quotes, all this, all this, he was superstar. But but you know, when the when the when the tapes go off, he might say, Do you know what, this boy's raw. You know, he, you know, yeah. he, he needs to learn. But but you know, he would be honest. Um, but I can tell you that because that's not what he did. He, he basically said, you know, he is ready for this new but really, really good signing. So that's, you know, that's hopefully more exciting than a lot of fans think it might be. But they didn't get their striker in despite working quite hard towards the, the end of the window. And they're now in a position where if Stephen Fletcher's injured, they're relying on either putting Glenn Middleton up front, which I imagine will probably be their first choice. You then lose his inspiration and drive from a deeper position. Or it's 16-year-old Rory McLeod. Came on against Kilmarnock last night, by the way, and played well, fizzed one just wide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but he's never scored a goal. And Sadat Anaku has never scored a goal in Scotland. So that, when you approach a relegation running um, on paper, uh, you know, I've written it this week, I think they've kind of rolled the dice with their premiership status. And if it goes wrong, then there'll be severe, severe questions to be answered. If it goes right and they survive, then... They've banked a fair amount of money without spending any of it, and they can do a proper rebuild in the summer when the market's a lot better to do shopping in. So, uh, you know, it's it's roulette stuff, uh, really, really high stakes poker, and I can see why the you know the Dundee United fans, for a portion of them, because we need to be clear that it is a portion. We can all be guilty of thinking the angriest, loudest portion of fans represent an entire fan base, but patience has. Um, Worth thin amongst a, a, a grad, you know, we could call it maybe a growing now portion of, of supporters that aren't quite convinced things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, bear to try to accentuate the positive. United's success since they returned to the Premier League has been based on their defence or their defensive play in general. So if they've got another good defender, it's it's not the end of the world. But there is a but at the end of that, isn't there? There is. There is major concerns now, Tom. I think we've seen since the start of the season. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen Ross County at the bottom with Dundee United. We've seen Kilmarnock at the bottom with Dundee United. We're now seeing Motherwell at the bottom with Dundee United. But there's one common denominator in there, and it's, it's Dundee United, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can understand the fans' frustration bringing in a, a 19-year-old defender. You know, whether Mark Forham says he's ready for it or not, it's a huge call to stick a 19-year-old into the heart of a relegation. But I also think, you know, they should have brought in an experienced goalkeeper. We mentioned that last week. I'm very surprised they haven't done that because that could be another area. You know, anything happens to Mark Barragheet and as Jack Newman is thrown into it. And as much as Jack Newman's getting a lot of plaudits for what he's done, he's not had to taste the, the, the pressure situation of a, of a relegation battle and what the weight of expectation that comes with that. And as for the, the, the team itself, it's, you know... It's not functioning. You know, they're not keeping clean sheets anymore. They're losing goals and that, you know, that, that's a, that is a recipe for for relegation. And, you know, I think the alarm bells should well and truly now be ringing at Tannadice um, because I've seen this I've seen this movie played out before, Tom, unfortunately, as a Dundee supporter yeah. on several occasions. And, and it always ends the same way with your team dropping down a level in Scottish yeah. football. And, you know, yeah, the alarm bells should be ringing at Tannadice. And last night, George, uh, there was a banner and shouts aimed at sporting director Tony Askar. We were we were just talking as we were coming into the studio there. And whether whether that's fair or not, 
it's understandable because very often the focus turns upstairs, if you like, when a club's changed managers frequently. And even while having success, United have done that, haven't they? Yes, well, it's been more than more than one manager per, per season, with the, the two this season, obviously, and different managers in each of the previous Premiership seasons. Um, I think it feels like all, all this anger and stuff is 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 built over the season. Um, it kind of dissipated for a bit after Liam Fox steadied the ship, and, and things were looking decent after the World Cup. But they didn't get enough points on the board when when that good spell was coming, and yeah, the end of the transfer windows just kind of tipped a lot of a lot of punters over over the edge. I think in terms of the way that their club's been running all season. Um, obviously, the Jack Ross appointment looked on paper as, as a brilliant appointment. It's, it turned into a disaster, and they've been picking the, the pieces up ever since. Obviously, as Alan mentioned about the budget they spent. The entire budget in the summer. Yeah, the, the, it was a big outlay in the summer, and and it was an outlay to push United on to the next level. It's not worked at all um, so far. And it, I, I was surprised last night to see how poor they were, uh, and losing that game was such a big game. Come on, it were on a terrible run of form. I mean, the worst run of form in the in the Premiership, um, and. I think their only win the last five was a, a 90th minute winner against yeah, Dunbar. Isn't that funny how these two always know the stats regarding yeah. the other team when it's <laughs> when they can highlight a negative? <laughs> well, I'm highlighting a negative at Kilmarnock. We, we always uh, enjoy highlighting a negative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they'd, they hadn't won in six, they hadn't scored in four of them. Um, and as I say, the, their only win in that, that run of six was against League Two Dumbarton and they scraped that one 1-0 one with, with a 90th minute winner. Seeing the highlights and looking at the stats from last night, they, they look like they absolutely overrun United in terms of what twenty-seven shots. Or yeah, I noticed, so that, I that's a big the number concern. of shots Kelly had. Is that the way yeah, it went? I, I would, yeah, I, I would <clears throat> chip in here to say it's easy to um, not be able to see the wood for the trees just at the moment because for all the drama off the pitch and the banner and things like that, it's worth pointing out. Dundee United were woeful, uh, absolutely dire. Against Kilmarnock. The um, most worrying I'm factor, not, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, that is the priority. It's, um, you know, th fan discontent. There's only one way to fundamentally ease some of that. You won't win over everybody, but you'll calm down the noise, and that's by winning football matches. And they'll not win football matches by playing the way they did at Rugby Park. It was really, really poor. Kilmarnock were the better side. They made Kilmarnock look like a good football team, and they're not. So it's that would be the most concerning thing for me and there'll need to be a massive response at Tynecastle because Kilmarnock could have scored three or four goals and Hearts, if they performed anywhere near the level they can and Dundee United play at that level, will score four or five goals. So um, there needs to, be, needs to be a big, big response because um, that that wasn't good enough and you know we can talk about the January business or whatever. You know, The problem with the January business is it's left them with not enough depth in certain areas you know, goalkeeper and up front, I would suggest. However, the starting eleven at Rugby Park was a good team. Um, and it should be a problem when everyone's fit, should it? Yes, exactly. So the fact that that good team on paper didn't perform to a fraction of how it can is the more concerning thing. And, and that's allowed. You're allowed an off night. 
You know, we're not going to have our hair on fire about that. But um, a wise man in here, I think it might have been Bear, said, you know, the concerning thing was when they were John. playing well. <laughs> <laughs> the concerning thing is when they were playing well, they weren't picking up as many points as they should have. So what happens when they play badly? And yeah. that's, you know, that that, is, uh, that concern came into my mind yesterday when I watched them play badly. Yeah, Bear, while Alan and I were singing The Only Way Is Up, so to speak, last week you did say they need more points from this good run because it will end. Yeah, and I think we'll have to be fair to Alan said that, that the last to be fair to the team that it was a poor game for them last night and hopefully it's just a one-off. I thought um, at the weekend when they played Celtic, that, you know, they look, look a compact side. You know, they, they did well to a point, but the big problem was when the goal goes down, how do you turn that? How do you suddenly come from being a compact side to a side that's capable of hitting back and 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 you know? making chances and scoring goals. And at this point in time, you know, Stephen Fletcher's not prolific. He does a fantastic job leading the line on his own, but he needs support. Great player, but he's never been yeah. prolific. Yeah, has he? no. And, and Glenn Milton, to me, scores great goals, but he doesn't get, doesn't get the dirty goals, Tom, the, wee, the things that are floating yeah. about in the box. And, you know, Ian Hart's away and by a goal now and again, but there's not enough. They don't look as though they're creating enough chances. And as, as compact as United can be, it's not a recipe for pulling himself away from the foot of the table. I always say... A point a game will bad you survival in this division. United are currently played 23, they've got 20 points. So they're off that. They're not far yeah. away from it, but they're off that at this point in time. Now, if that gap begins to go between the sort of games played and points accrued, you're, you're in big problem. The one good thing that United have at this point in time, Motherwell are on the same points to all. Ross County are within touching distance. Kilmarnock, for all they've done last night, are still within touching distance. But um, it's never good to see a team at the bottom of the league, Tam. And, you know, Dundee United fans will be, will be disappointed this morning looking at the, the newspapers and, and looking at the tables. And, I mean, Alan, does, do the last two games actually sum up how you get in trouble? Because, I mean, the loss to Celtic on the basis of five or six or seven, whatever, crazy minutes, uh, it was a... Personally, I mean, Bear's much more expert at this. I thought the goalkeeper was a bit at fault of the first goal against Celtic, but it was a strange ball. I wouldn't, yeah. if I had been the manager, I wouldn't have been blasting them after the game because it, it was a, it was one of these three balls. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was, it was a strange a hanging cross. And I think, um, you know, I think the manager, Liam Fox, called it. He's, he's writing off the keeper. He, he misjudged that. But there's there's two other parties here. Scott McMahon yeah. should not allow the cross to come in. And I'm, I'm not sure what Kieran Freeman's doing at the back post, yeah, just watching Jota coming off. And aye, head on the don't let him come off yeah, you. Yeah. And then, so you've got an, uh, an unfortunate... A bit of an error, and then just a just a crazy moment by a kid for the penalty. And then last night, looking at the goal last night, managers will always find fault. But I would say it's one of those that comes into category. It's a very good goal, but United yeah, have no a, points a, from two games. Yeah, it's an excellent goal, but it's also worth factoring in that Kilmarnock were cleaned through another two times and had another couple of decent chances over and above that. So we can call the the goal, uh, you know, an unlikely, you know, probably had a, a fairly low XG, that sort of thing. But yeah. they had they had other better chances to score. Kilmarnock were deserved winners and there's absolutely no way I'm going to stand here and, 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 you know, say there was any element of, of misfortune to it. It was a really, really bad performance. And, you know, the players and the management, were keen to emphasise that um, it had nothing to do with you know the banner or the general sense of dissatisfaction that was around the club after deadline day, which 
you know, players probably shouldn't be, but some of them are on social media and they will get that general vibe. So only they'll really know if they had an element of trepidation stepping onto that pitch thinking, are there going to be protests? Are fans going to boo? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it just didn't um, didn't have happy vibes um, in the away end, let's say. And um, it's all stemming from what has been a... It's not been a great since, uh, you know, June or so for the club. You know, you've had the highs of Alkmaar in, in Europe, but this season with um, some signings that maybe haven't worked a lot. I would say a lot of the recruitment from last summer has clicked into gear as the season's gone on, but initially didn't do well enough. It's got them in a relegation battle. Jack Ross debacle has been costly, you know, <laughs> metaphorically and literally. And um, you've now got the transfer window, which hasn't gone well. So again, you then look at getting no money from Lewis Nielsen and things like that. And it's, it's a snowball effect this season um, in terms of the dissatisfaction with the boardroom. And, you know, there is an executive board that isn't just Tony Ashkar, although he has a, a, a lightning rod for whatever reason for, for criticism. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a board that has had a, a tough um, year or so. So um, what I would say is, I mean, it doesn't wipe out the progress that was made in in previous years, they are they did take over a club that was in the doldrums. They were a mm-hmm. wouldn't want to say laughing stock, but they were championship banter club Dundee United. You know, and now, they were struggling and, much more than anyone expected to get out the championship. Yeah, and whereas eight months ago they were back in Europe, beating as Ed Alkmaar Dundee United. That's a that's an impressive journey, and what's happened since then doesn't wipe that out, but. It has been the most testing period, probably, of the Ogren, uh era in terms of things not going well on the pitch and there being the odd misstep off it. So uh, that brings scrutiny. Um, yeah. I think people at United have probably got broad enough shoulders to, to handle that scrutiny. Um, but as we touched on earlier, the only way that's going to in any way ease is by winning football matches because these questions, these criticisms will get deafening if Dundee United are to be relegated on the back of, for example, not having enough firepower. I mean, without being ultra-critical, lads, it does strike me as well. I mean, we want people to talk big. We want people to be positive. But since the since the days that they were still in the Championship, they were talking, Europe was mentioned and stuff like that. Is this a case where some of the, 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 the reaction to this bad season they've brought on themselves because they aimed maybe too high too soon I, th- I think that that's definitely part of it because I've noticed on, on Twitter some people are picking out phrases from, from back in the day when, when there were things were brighter and, and it's maybe not fair but it does come back to bite you if you, if you don't follow that up um, and this season I don't know I, I kind of agree with Alan in terms of the, the players they brought in they, they have been decent but it feels like the the squad that was there already maybe hasn't kicked on in the way they hoped we haven't seen anywhere near as many young players coming through this season that's, that's obviously been a big part of united for the past few seasons is getting their academy prospects on the pitch and, and giving them lots of minutes it doesn't seem to have happened this season uh, i don't know whether that's because the players haven't haven't kind of pushed hard enough to, to get in that team or are they just not getting the chances? I, I don't know because they brought in these kind of bigger name, more expensive signings. Um, it just, I don't know, It just this season just feels like 
almost everything that can go wrong has gone wrong and they've spent a lot of money doing it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. they're even in that bizarre situation where something like £3 million they'll get from the Harry Souter deal uh, from him going from Stoke to Leicester. It's, it's, that money's a millstone because they weren't able to spend any of it. Well, I mean, you've, you've also got to say, I mean, <clears throat> I'd, imagine, I, I'd be very surprised if, if Stoke sent a £3 million yeah, cheque today. To, today to Dundee United. Right. It'll be coming in installments, I would imagine, but we're not privy to that. Still a great bit of business by whoever, you know, sold Harry Suter on and put that in, in the in the sale hunt clause. Um, Since he who shall not be named, it was actually Stephen Thompson yeah, who did well, that deal. Well, there you go, credit, credit to him because uh, it's made them, it made them a nice, a nice windfall. All abuse to George Cran, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think the United suffer, they, they do suffer from, uh, as you know, our, our friends up in the Granite City, there is a weight of expectation on them greater than other clubs outside maybe the capital yeah. and, and the old firm. You know, they should be doing better. And Mickey Mellon, when he, when he, when he brought United up, that day, he did the right thing, they consolidated and Tam Courts followed it on and, and that only added to that expectation. And as George has rightly pointed out, Maybe maybe the board were getting ahead of themselves, thinking we should be doing this. And and but everybody was carried on a wave. I mean, you're not yeah. telling me the fans weren't just as excited at the start of the season when the BAZ Mark yeah. Altmar won the Latanadice. You know, but so it just shows you how quickly things can change. Um, I, I you know I, Alan touched on a bit about the depth of the squad. I'm really concerned about that time and, and you know up front and and, and 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 you've got to look at that before you start you know, offloading players. And there are reasons that, that clubs do that and players may want away and it suits both parties, but you have to make sure that it's, you know, first and foremost, that you cover yourself, you know, and I, I'm looking at, not Tony Watt, but the Nicky Clark situation, him going to St. Johnson, yeah. I, I, I'm really, I was really surprised that they allowed him to leave the club. Now, there might have been valid reasons for that, but I see Nicky Clark as a, you know, a guy who can get you six to ten goals a season. And that could be the difference between where United are now and, and, and Premier League safety. And to go back to what I said about Tony Watt, an unhappy Nicky Clark will go on, the, go on a pitch and give everything for you. Yeah. You can't say the same about some other players. And and, and, and if United had, had to say, Nicky Clark, I'm sorry, but we don't have cover for you, you can't go. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have had a worry well, about him when he was on the park. I'd go way back to, to Jim McLean. Jim McLean just wouldn't sell to another Scottish club yeah. because he didn't. He knew that that would ultimately harm Dundee United in a different sense because at, at that time, Dundee United were actually vying for Europe and vying for championships. This is another... Nah, Jim never took things one game at a no. time. Jim would have been saying... No. I mean, I, I'm saying it's good he's not yeah. going to Motherwell, but Jim said, well, what if St. Martin are down beside us next Absolutely. Year? That was his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the squad is really tightened. You know, you, you're keeping your fingers crossed that there aren't injuries in certain areas because, you know, they could be exposed badly. Alan, you're closer to the squad than anyone. I was going to say in this room, but you're not in this room. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on this podcast, and as close to anyone probably outside of the actual Tannerice infrastructure, is this a squad that's got the fire in the belly and the determination to get themselves out of this? Yeah, it's it genuinely as a good bunch. Like uh, it's, it's um, you know, fans can criticise whatever they like and, and however they like. So I'm not going to um, 
pillory it, but it is a, a lazy and incorrect criticism to suggest any players don't care or don't give a toss or would be fine if this club were relegated. That is absolutely not the case. Even yesterday against Kilmarnock, when things weren't going well, I mentioned in my stuff from the game, there was real anger on the pitch at each other, which I like to see. There was no yeah. slump shoulder. See, earlier this season, when I don't think it was the happiest of places, you know, under Jack Ross and oh, there was so much shrugging of shoulders and vague pointing, and it was just, ugh, the, the body language was rubbish. Um, whereas last night, for all they were poor, there was an anger about how poor they were. There was a uh-huh. feeling that, you know, by Christ, when they get on the training ground, there's going to be some stern words, and they're going to make sure a lot of this doesn't happen again. Stephen Fletcher, Charlie Mulgrew, Liam Smith, Glenn Middleton, all at different points in that game had real uh, real goes at one another. Um, so I like to see that. I think there's there is fire there. There's determination there, but um, for whatever reason, it was just really poor against Kilmarnock. But there's no problem with the the personality within the group. They have got leaders in there, um, and they have got a coach they respect. But um, I was going to say, it strikes me after they, they games be a lot like better. this. The positive for Liam Fox is that the players feel they've let him down. That the players Absolutely. seem to because they, I mean, feel guilty. Yeah, they let that's they something let him down. They let. Yeah, they let him down. They let the supporters down. It was, um, yeah, it was poor. I, and I do, I must be honest, I do fear that it will get worse before it gets better because I think Hearts are the strongest third team in this country that we've had for quite a while. So I think it would be an astonishing result if they were going to go to Tynecastle and, and get a win. Um, so I do fear for that. But then we we always looked at this fixture list, this Celtic Kelly away, given their home form and... Um, and hearts and knew that, that it was going to be tough so um, that shouldn't come as a surprise but I think they just need to get through this because you then look at it's a chance to get to a Scottish Cup quarter final by playing Kilmarnock at home St Johnston home away to Ross County and, uh, also a chance to remind Kilmarnock they're not that good yeah oh, you know home, home to Aberdeen club in crisis away to Livingston tough but you know you never know home to St Mirren you know home to Hibs these are you know these are winnable football matches um, so looking forward I think that's when they really need to kick into gear and get out of trouble but um, I just need to hope Stephen Fletcher doesn't get injured and I just think that's I know there are wider issues that some fans are upset about but just from a purely, purely analysing the transfer window and analysing the Dundee United squad the thing that gives me the fear the most is I'm sitting here thinking if Stephen Fletcher gets a serious injury for any lengthy period of time that's something that could get Dundee United relegated so um, that's not the mark of a great transfer window if we're thinking that one um, one serious injury could get you relegated. That same could perhaps be said about Mark Berigetti. I don't know. I've never seen Jack Newman play a game of football. Bear, are you used to send me a reserve games? <laughs> Quick, right, do. <laughs> get you out of the office. I, I, I don't think possible. He, he never asked for a report. He just said, go to the reserve game, please. Don't bother coming back. I should actually say I have seen Jack Newman play for the Rezies, but it's um, I wasn't really counting that because it's not quite the <laughs> no, same. It's not picture, the same, is it? <laughs> exactly. So um, it's uh, that would worry me, and I'm not quite. I do appreciate the comments that's been made by you know Liam about Glenn Middleton can play up front. I, I know that is the case. However, I don't think it's his best position. I think he's best when the game's in front of him and he can attack it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the greatest furthest man forward in a team. And you also lose a lot in the deep position. So I don't think that's a, a great solution either. So um, if anything was to happen to Stephen Fletcher, all you're left with is imperfect solutions. And 
um, you're gambling on potential rather than proven. And for a club like Dundee United, it's a dangerous game. You know, I say it again. It just feels like a it feels like a roll of the dice on their, their Premiership status. So, um, and if it kind of <laughs> comes up snake eyes, then there's going to be um, a lot of dissatisfied punters. I like, I like, Alan, you touched on on the fixtures there and you said, and you know, these are winnable games. I've, I've seen that movie before. It's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, like you start counting yeah, the points that you're going to pick up in the next six games because you think their teams around you, you know, aren't quite as strong as maybe others that you've played this season. It doesn't work like that. I think for Dungeon United, they need a reaction on Saturday. They were poor last night at, at Kilmarnock. There's no doubt about that. And we've got to expect that. You're not going to play to a high standard every week. You know, no. in, in for United, they were no, You're not down there because no, you're, no. you've got that consistency. And, and they paid for that. But while you're going to Hearts, and unfortunately for Dundee United, a Hearts team that are deservedly so the third, third best outside Old Firm, but they were... Oh, for God's sake, let's the, be positive. They, were, they had a yeah, reality check last were, night. Well, I'm just coming on that time. They oh, were turned over last night by Rangers, big still. Now, oh. That's an unfortunate thing for Dundee United as well because Robbie Nielsen will be getting stuck into them and it's unusual to see Hearts getting turned over twice at Tyne Castle back-to-back. But United have got to go and try and scramble something there. Get yeah. a result and get... Every game is vital. When you're at the bottom of that table, fight for... Don't... You know, I don't, don't go to there thinking keep no. this respectable. Dundee went there, went there last season, George, remember, mm. nobody gave yeah. them a, a chance at Tinkas and, and they came away with a victory. Even they're on board. Yeah, that, exactly. You yeah. Know, they, so it can it can be done and think on what the, you know, the, the massive boost that would be to pick up not just a point, maybe three points against the head and what it does to the teams around you as well when they see you doing that. But at the bottom, you can't give away any points before the game's actually played, that's yeah. for sure. And I always think there's a heart. It's, I, I always loved doing games at Town Castles. It was, I thought it was the best away stadium outside the old firm, and it was almost a match, a great atmosphere. But, and you could lose games in 10 minutes in heart. So, you, if you lost an early goal, your big challenge was don't lose an, a second quickly because the crowd would be right on top of you. But if something goes wrong at Town Castle, the fans can really get on top of their own team. So, you've always got that in the back of your mind going to Town Castle, don't you? Well, that'd be a reality check for them last night, you know, and uh, if United can get at them and, and you know, either get, get in front or certainly keep them out for, for, tw- them. For, a, for a period, yeah, the fans could maybe turn a wee bit quicker than they normally would because it would have been, you know, they, they probably thought the way they'd been playing, they were going to give Rangers a real game last night, but they haven't managed to do that. But as I say, Robbie Nielsen will get stuck into them, you know, over the next few days, and I'm sure it'll be a, a different hard side. Hearts do play on the fr- on the front foot, Tom. I've got yeah. to say that. So, Aye. yeah, it's, it's a, a challenge. Tough, it's a tough one. And t- to try to finish the United section on a positive, if we go back to the summer transfer window, new manager, some impressive signings, we're all we're all happy with that, and look how that worked out. So. A transfer window in itself doesn't define your whole season, does it? No, the silence. matches. The, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, there's there's an element of silence because there's a lot of these questions that can only be answered in May. It's uh-huh. it's uh, that's why you know, as I say, I'm not running about with my hair on fire. I have several concerns, but I can also see the finale of the campaign where Dundee United finished ninth and they're their uh, balance sheet is a lot more healthy and they can rebuild in the summer. That's also a, a, a genuine possibility. So, um, yeah, this transfer window may not be as disappointing as it looks on paper. Time will tell on that one. But um, uh, at the moment, I just think it's left them with a few more 
uh, risks than would probably be uh, wise at this uh, at this junction halfway through a season when you're towards the bottom of the league. As you so succinctly put, time will indeed tell. Right, moving on to happier times. Why is it always happier times at Dundee when there's no ball being kicked? <laughs> That's our point too. Well, they, kick, of, they kick the balls quite well on Saturday. Wait a minute. First of all, thanks Sorry. to Alan, who as well is having a very hectic week. It's a bit under the weather today. George says he is as well, but George is always under the weather. That's because he's a southern softy. So Alan has left left the building, so to speak. But now on to Dundee. If United were uh, unhappy with the way the transfer window closed, Dundee must be delighted and delighted with their January business. Yeah, I think... I think Again, before the, any of them have kicked a ball. I know. The, the, I have to say that proofs in the, the pudding with the quality of the players because we don't know too much about a couple of them at least. Um, we saw a wee bit of Ryan Clampin. He was very good. Uh, he's cameo off the bench on Saturday. Um, but we know all about Zach Robinson, which is the big one. Um, I think... Which you almost predicted last week, George, but not quite. You should have gone the whole hog. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You I hinted. I well, I finished the, the podcast here on Thursday and then went up and spoke to Gary Boyer and asked about Robinson. He said, no, it doesn't. I don't think he's coming back. Because they were hopeful when did, he first did went. Did you not ask him about Barry Maguire as well at the same time? And he said, he's just one of the boys that we've been looking at. That, that was, was that? on the Tuesday. All oh, right, okay. And then uh, I asked him about signings and he went, uh, yeah, we've signed Barry Maguire. He's, here. <laughs> he's coming to speak to you. Um, yeah, Zach but Robinson. But no, I, I did... No, I, I, he, he wasn't... Uh, Keeping it quiet on on Robinson, um, they, they obviously f- were hopeful, and and they'd been given, they'd been told by Wimbledon if if they brought in another striker, they'd be quite happy for him to come back up because they were really happy with his development at, at Dens Park already this season. And late on Tuesday night, Wimbledon still hadn't done that. <laughs> no, it was very late. Well, I, I, I obviously I was uh, f- finding out what what was going on at, at Dens on Tuesday, and uh, I think around four o'clock I checked into. Because Zach Robinson's name hadn't disappeared, even though Boyer had said before the weekend that it, it didn't look likely at all. Robinson's name was still going around, and at around four o'clock, it, it still wasn't looking likely. And then a story appeared down in London, um, one of the local papers down, does a lot of stuff on AFC Wimbledon. They said that Robinson was looking to come back um, because Wimbledon thought they were getting another forward and that forward didn't get announced until 11.30 on Tuesday night which was half an hour after the English deadline yeah. uh, finished and then Dundee scrambled uh, the Robinson deal back and good bit of work by the people behind the scenes at the end. Exactly, I mean it was, it's always always a long day, deadline day at Dundee no matter who the manager is it seems to always be uh, going on right to the, the very last seconds Um but very much worth it uh, on this occasion, certainly. Because we, we saw what a big difference he, he made. Obviously, he, he grew into th- things at, at Dens. Took a, a wee while. It was his first proper loan in terms of this kind of level. But it, he, he seemed to be growing every week. Uh, he's still By the time he left, still it was clear scorer. that he was Boyer's number one choice ah. up front, wasn't he? And he's still equal top scorer. 
even though he was away for four weeks. Um, but the, there's also lots of options now as well in terms yes. of striking. The, the one thing that Boyer said all season is his team isn't ruthless enough. They, they create enough chances. They don't score enough. Now <laughs> he's got a multitude of options. He's brought in three strikers over over the window. Uh, Zach Rodden obviously headed out. Again, um, I think it was clear that Zach Rodden, no offence to the boy, wasn't uh, he wasn't a Gary Boyer striker. No, I, I think I spoke about, I asked him about Rudden last week as well and he, he was kind of talking about his uh, link-up play needs to be better and then Rudden knows that and he's working on that. But you can tell by the type of strikers that the Boyer's brought in since he's been manager, he, he likes a big striker who holds the ball in. And Kwame Thomas has certainly done that when, when he's he's come in over the past uh, few games. He's a proper target man and has made a big difference in terms of getting Dundee up the pitch and, and starting off attacks in that way. Gives them a different kind of way to go at teams and it's maybe a kind of old school and, and, and going a bit direct and going long, but this is the championship. It's pretty old school league half the time. Um, and Thomas has done very well. Zach Robinson has been kind of learning that kind of role while he's been at Dundee. He's obviously got the the build and the strength to to be able to do that. He brings goals as well. I think I think it's it's a huge moment. I think in the season and we were kind of speaking before the podcast that Simon Murray obviously leaving Queens Park. That's fifteen goals out of their team. I think that's another. It was a very good transfer window for Dundee, not just because <laughs> of how they yeah. did their business, but I mean, it strikes me bare that when you look at Gary Boyer's squad now, if you're the opposition, you're not going to have to sort of think too much about how Dundee are going to play. And I would say, it, certainly at championship level, that's not a good thing because you're going to be worried. Either. No, that's... And I'm not suggesting for a minute they're not a footballing team, but he wants the ball forward and he wants players getting forward to support the front men. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things here. Um, obviously, you've just mentioned Simon Murray. Could you imagine... What Dundee fans would be saying if they sold their, their top scorer yeah. to anybody, even even to a Premier League. Well, you could see the reaction even, when Robinson got re recalled. Well, didn't they? absolutely. I mean, so and then you, replaced them with yeah. an ineligible player. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, what a day that was you, for uh, Queen's Park. The, the Dundee board get criticised left, left and centre, and I think it's more to do with the fact that you know the, the communication. I think yeah. they're very quiet, and they're, they're entitled to be quiet. So, you know, they're you know the owners, they, they own the club, they yeah. can do whatever they want. But there is no doubt that they have backed their managers continually. Yeah. Every manager that has been uh -huh. has been given an opportunity, whether it's been a relegation battle or a promotion battle. They've not never really come up short. Now, obviously, uh, Gary Boyer's had a wheel and deal a wee bit, and there are certain guys he, he, he's, he's been trying to get out. He's managed to do that in the transfer window. You know, we've lost McGinn, Derek Osai, Zach Rudd and Joe Grayson has gone. And, and, and you know, that, that's one of Boyer's actual signings, yeah. Joe Grayson. So he's... Mm. he's, he's, he's he, he, he's obviously, you know, you'll admit he's made mistakes on certain things. But the a lot of men upstairs yeah. at clubs would say, you sign yeah. them, you yeah. use them. The vast majority of managers wouldn't do that, but he's, he's done that. But one thing, when you get a loan signing, you're just never, ever sure if it's going to work or not. No. One thing with Robinson, you know, you know. he can score mm. at this level, he can perform at this level. I would temper the fans getting too carried away, though, because before Christmas, Dundee went on a seven-game winning streak and, and ten games unbeaten. He wasn't. He wasn't he was part injured. of that uh -huh. because he was injured. Now, 
he's hardly played any football in the last two months, Tom. I know he's yeah. been on the bench for almost, so hopefully his fitness is getting back up. But he'd be well short of match fitness. I'd be very surprised to see him put right into that Dundee mm. team for a couple of reasons. One is I don't think his match fitness will be good, but also because last week against Queen's Park, they were absolutely outstanding. Yeah. The, the best performance of the season. Right from the word go, they didn't let even so a, a misperly get in their way. They just went at Queen's Park. And you could see Queen's Park, the way they set up, own curl had them playing football. So he has his team expansive, nice and wide, trying to pass the ball, but Dundee played them off the park. And, and you know, three, three nothing, but it could have been quite mm-hmm. easily been six. So they're in, Tom, they're in a very, very good position at this point in time. Dundee's biggest... Uh, Dundee's, a good window on the park. Dundee's biggest enemy is going to be Dundee. I think they've got the, they've got the yeah. beatings of the clubs uh, that are around them at the top of that league. Can they go and make sure that they beat, they're playing the team at the bottom of the league this week? Can they go and pick up the points in that one? That You know, everybody, Hamilton, to be fair, have improved. They've yeah. had a couple of good yeah. wins, so it's mm-hmm. never tough, especially on the plastic. Oh, but I'm expecting Dundee to go and, you know, get another three points. And I'm now expecting Dundee to really push on. And I think the vast majority of clubs in that league will be saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. If Dundee can suddenly open up maybe a, a three, four, five point gap, I don't think there's any catch on them. I have to say, George, irrespective of it being my team, I look at the championship and I look at the business Dundee have done in this window, I look at the, the, the unfortunate end Queen's Park had, uh, I, don't, I don't see anyone else signing a plethora of players. And... Uh, and from an almost neutral point of view, I'm looking at Dundee and saying, you've just, for the second time this season, you've dominated in the league against the league leaders. You've got what you've got the squad you want now. I'm sitting back and saying, go and win that league. And I think, as Bear says, a lot of people in and out of the championship are looking at it the same way. Can Dundee handle that pressure? Well, expectations there, isn't it? Um, and rightly well, so. Yeah, well, they've... They've dealt with it. They've had that expectation all season, to be fair, because we're talking plenty in, in this podcast about having the, the strongest uh, squad in the division. Um, I'm not sure they quite showed that over, over the first half of the season or half and a bit. But the squad is now more a Gary Bowyer squad. He's brought in players he yeah. wants. Um, a few, well, how many have we got? Seven in this month, if you include Robinson. Um, and a lot of options now for him to choose from. Um, it's very much his team. A lot of players from down south, so interesting to see how they adapt. But no, that, I agree with Bear. I mean, you, you look over that. You add that big winning run. Add that onto the Queens Park. They, they beat Air convincingly away. They beat Queens Park convincingly twice in the league at home uh, and drew away. Although they weren't great that day, but they, they snaffled a draw. Um, they beat Partick in that that run as well. So that's the, the rest of the top four. They've, they've got big results against. It's been uh, a strange season. Usually Dundee fall down. If they do fall down the in, a, in a championship, it's it's the big games. But this season, their Achilles heel, dare I say, when they're facing the bottom club this weekend, have yeah. been slip-ups, Cove, Arbroath. Yeah, exactly. The teams that have been struggling. That's the. I mean, Cove and Arbroath are, are just ahead of Hamilton. And, and that's... That's going to be the test now. Uh, Hamilton have picked some form out of nowhere. I thought they were really poor for a lot of this season, but they've two wins on the bounce and they've knocked Ross County out of the cup. Two one nils as well. So there's clean sheets in there. So I don't think it's going to be quite um, a walk in the park. 
if Dundee properly turn it on and play like they did last Saturday, they should comfortably win it. But the good thing for they've got Boyer to take the chances. Is, is the whole squad looks hungry, and that's a, yeah. that's a credit yeah. to the manager. He's got the substitutes come on knowing they've got to make an impact. Yeah, nobody in the team. And you saw, I saw on Saturday against Queens Park, they started well. Towards half time, they start falling out the game a wee bit. Um, you know, Luke McCowan and Lyle Cameron, who have been had a great game at, at mm. uh, you know when 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 they played at, uh, at St Martin, Luke Cam, uh, sorry Lyle Cameron especially against St Martin the week previous, but started drifting out the game. Same thing happened start the second half. You know, Queens Park weren't doing much, but Dundee weren't really pressing the way they were. Boyer makes the change straight away. Oh, what a difference! Yeah. And, and and brings on Ben Williamson and Yakubiak. Um, Yakubiak. He's and been the, excellent. Ben episode. Williamson scores. Yakubiak scores, and, and you know sets up a goal. It's you know, and he, they're all like that. The substitutes seem, to, and they're going to play a big role because as you go to Hamilton, it could be one of these games on the plastic. You, you find that you're struggling. Mm. To, you, you don't look like losing the game, but it's nothing's up, and you're not really going anywhere. Boyer's not, not the sort of manager that will sit and be quite content with that. He'll, he's got the guys on the bench who, who are, are going to come on, and he'll change it. And he's done it so often this season, and it's worked in his favour. It's a great, it's a testament to him the way he's got this squad. They're all seem to be playing. It seems, it seems to me like it's a happy squad. Yeah. Um, so long may continue. I'm interested to see if he, he goes with Ryan Clampen, Clamps, as he's known. Clamps. 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 Um, and it was a brilliant cameo, as you said. It was, I mean, around. surprised a lot of people, I think, certainly surprised Queen's Park when he just burnt past one defender. Thought, oh, I'll just do that again and burnt past the next one and then set it up for, for Sweeney's third goal. Um, the great thing is they were, they were desperately needing left-sided cover yeah. for Jordan Marshall. Yeah, Jordan so. Marshall's injury history, you know, he's, he does well. He's an explosive best. player. Yeah. He gets muscle um, interest. But obviously, Clampton is a left-footed player. I mean, no yeah. disrespect to Cammy Kerr, who's done brilliant when he's been pushed over to that side, but he would not have been able to make that sort of run. It was much more natural for Clampton to come down that left-hand yeah. side, cut and and... Yeah, not everybody could do it. He did really well and set up set up the goal, but he looks comfortable on his left hand side. That's a, that's a point yeah. trying to make. And Boyer says he's a very attacking fullback, so that'd be a good addition, hopefully, and we we'll see more of him. Um, I mean, he's one of the reasons I said it. They're not just a. I'm not labelling Dundee a lump the ball forward team because they can oh, no. they can get the ball forward quickly on the deck, can't they? Because mm. now they've got a bit of pace going forward now. Exactly, and then Paul McMullen, although. He won't want to see his penalty again because it was one of the worst ever, I think. Um, but And he didn't have a great Four game. Four penalties in a row, didn't he? I know. Well, he didn't have a brilliant game. Um, They've all been saved, I've got to say. Yeah. Although, to be fair, so, I, I think uh, Ferry and the Queen's Park would have come out and pick. pick <laughs> <more than that. laughs> I think I maybe could have said that. <laughs> but um, he didn't have a brilliant game, but then he still comes up with a really important assist for UQBI's goal. So... It, I, I thought actually at the time on Sunday that um, on Saturday sorry that McCown yeah, quite a slow thinker George so sometimes <laughs> it's been a long I, week I, I might have been into Sunday I thought uh, McCown was a wee bit unfortunate I didn't think he'd he'd been brilliant but I thought he was a wee bit unfortunate to to be the one that got the hook when Yakubiak was coming on but you can't really take McMullen off can you? I, I was never convinced with Yakubiak but he's shown in the game against St Mung and the game on Saturday yeah. that he has got something to offer. And we may have done him a disservice. He's hungry time. as well, isn't he? He has been blighted by injury. Mm -hmm. He looks fit. And yeah. he, he, he's got power. You can see that he's a powerful lad and he's got a burst of pace as well. And he showed, yeah. he, he got in amongst the goals. First, he, first league goal. First league yeah. goal, which is quite, you know, it's quite, you know, remarkable given, you know, that he is a, a front man, but he has been struggling with injury. 
I don't, I'll, I'll go back in history. I remember Alex Smith once saying to me, he said, if I sign a striker and the striker that's already at the club scores 20 goals the next season and the striker I signed doesn't get a kick of the ball, he's a good yeah. signing. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. that thing. It might be, it might be you could be that's the, that's the man. It might be McMullen that's the man yeah. because they're saying, well, these boys aren't getting a game. They're not getting my jersey. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. also as well, we're looking at the bigger picture. We've mentioned what the run Dundee were on before Christmas. And okay, the, the game against Arbroath was a real a shot. But as I've always said, it was a strange game. Everything that seemed to mm, could have yeah. went wrong, went wrong for mm-hmm. Dundee that day. They then had a 45-minute period at Wraith Rovers where they were abysmal. As we say, you know, the manager quickly saw that and changed it. came back. But other than that, we're now talking and sort of, we're talking a good three-month period. They seem to be back on it again, Tam, where they've had very, they've been very consistent. Take that three months, do it again for the next three months. Mm. They'll be back in that Premier League. There's yeah, no and it, 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 is it a case that actually Dundee's biggest problem since they went to the top of the league just before Christmas has not been the two bad performances; it's been the, the call-offs. Because what they want right now is games. Yeah, that's certainly affected them. I think there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. You know, you need when you when you've got good momentum going, you you want to keep them. Yeah, keep yeah. the runs going. Yeah, so. Yeah, hopefully we've seen the last of that sort sort of thing. Um, I'm looking at Queen's Park. I think they will. There's no doubt they will be affected by Simon Murray. You kind of take your Simon Murray, as we mentioned in last week's podcast. Would probably Simon Tater Murray, I called him yeah. last week. He's a hero yeah, now. Hero. <laughs> Not least because do you know that he actually went on the bus. He left Glasgow on the team bus for their cup tie. He got Inverness. Left, he got so presumably he got, got off, off the bus and yeah. either got picked up by Ross yeah, County. That's or, amazing. Or, and, then, uh, and then played I'm, the second uh, half. Yeah, all Ross the things County. I've heard in football, yeah. I've never actually no, heard no. that a player was in the team <laughs> heading for quite, a game. That's quite remarkable, isn't it? I know. Luckily, yeah. luckily it was Ross County. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to play. But George is right. I mean, is, you know, Simon Murray would, would score goals for Queen's Park between now and the end of the season. Now, whether that yeah. would, be, would have been enough to get them up, you, you don't know, but he would have would scored them. goals. He would There's, keep them keep interested. Them in exactly. They've not got that threat. To be fair to them, they've gone up to Inverness and won in the Cup. So they, so they are a good side. Did they they got as, won a bleak loss but, yeah, in the Cup. Yeah, they, <laughs> but but I'm, not, I'm not going to the next round. Because the, the laddie who came <laughs> into the team to replace Simon Murray shouldn't have been no, playing. No, no. I, again, we, we praised uh, Queen's Park Lattice with a curse. We praised them for being such a well-run club. Yeah. So, but with Lee and Dempster known Coyle, they're such a basic error. Yeah, that's, you that's. know that if a player is signed after the date of a cup tie, it doesn't matter if the game's been postponed, he can't, can't play, play in that it's round. A, it's a very strange one. And, it's, uh, a, it's an odd rule, isn't it? Well, but, but it's, it's an old rule. It's a well-known rule. So often, that's why that's why we know about it. Clubs yeah. caught out so often. And, and normally it is... I've seen it down by even lower Highland League clubs get caught out occasionally with things like that. Not so much, you know, not so much even, you know, lower league clubs. But Queen's Park are now at the top of the championship. You would think they would be absolutely clued up on that. It's a sort of, I feel uh, for them. It's a sore one because it's maybe a good I remember going back. I remember when Simon Stainrod arrived at Dundee from Falkirk. Dundee were playing Falkirk in the cup. It had been moved to the Monday or something like yeah. that. But Falkirk delayed the signing until after uh-huh. the date. No, and okay. it meant he couldn't play against. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be able to play against them, and Dundee weren't happy because Rotters. the deal had the deal had been done. So it is. It, yeah. It's not. An, no. It's a strange rule, but it's I, not I, an obscure I, I, one. I think it's, there's a precedent set where you get thrown out of the cup, don't you? Yeah. 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 Aye. Yeah, so well, that, especially when the boys start. Yeah. I think, I think if you bring someone on for two yeah. minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So that's a wee bit of a blow for them. But yeah, Simon Murray would have got goals from. I said last week as well. 
you know, he gets Simon Murray gets goals because Queen's Park create chances in the box. Never got a, a chance yeah. in the box at Dens last week. Dumb. All Queen's Park's efforts were off about 25 yeah. yards. George all backed up. And the no, one, the one no, 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 target. No. Um, obviously, you look at Area United, they've had a couple of good wins this week against a, a Cove side who are going definitely in the wrong direction. Yes. They're doing their best to give Dundee's Championship rivals as many goals as possible, <laughs> I've got to say, at this point in time. But Deepak Akinyemi hasn't been scoring that many for them, but he's still there. So they're, they're still a threat. But the main thing is, Dundee have got their number third. Dundee know that yeah. if it comes down, down to we have to beat them on the run-in, they can't do it. Even the know? game Dundee lost down at air earlier yeah. this season, they started the, off, yeah, they did. They did. took mm. the lead and dominated, and, then, and, then and they lost, lost yeah. their way. They yeah. lost that game to air rather than yeah. air beat them with a great performance. Yeah. So well done to air that night. No, absolutely. I think the good thing, is, the exciting thing for me is, they've obviously, the majority of Boyer's signings have been able to do a job. Some have obviously been better than others. We've got to see the boy uh, Toja and Hannant coming in. So just what what concerns me is he's got a, he's got a big squad. Too many. No. I don't rock the boat. It's not yeah. broken. I don't think he will because you you probably you I mean they might maybe maybe sort you of. You know what? I, I wonder in the sense because he's a manager who's not a, not afraid to change things during mm -hmm. a game. I yeah. always like managers that, yeah. that that have got the ability to say no, I don't like that. I'll change it and. And it can be difficult for players sometimes, and it can be embarrassing if they get yeah. mm. early oh, yeah. subs and stuff like that. But he is, he's a guy that will change his tactics during the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we've seen, and, and more often than not this season, it has worked in his favour. So, again, I've got to say that the team look fit as well. They look as though they've got yeah. legs on most teams in that league. And that's something, that's a criticism mm -hmm. we've given to the teams in the past that, that sometimes look leggy at certain, mm. certain stages. This team don't, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it is going well. It is going, maybe it's going too well. I know, we're too start optimistic. To, start to get a wee bit concerned, you know, but... Um, I talked up United last week and look what happened to them, so I'm yeah. just, I'm yeah, just so thinking, we, shut up. Yeah. I know. Stop I, speaking and I can't help myself. I, I also like the sign of Barry Maguire as well. He's, he's a player I like. Um, it was on loan at Queen of the South, which is maybe why I like him, but... Uh, quite, quite a bit effective, George. Yeah, I he think... Was, he played the game last week, like he'd strong. been there. Yeah. I, and... We've spoken about Sean Byrne, how Gary Boyer, maybe not his type of player, he, he mm -hmm. did try to get him out of the club and then he came back in and did well for him, to be fair. Barry Maguire reminds me of Sean Byrne a wee bit. He's obviously a, bit, a fair bit younger than yeah. Sean Byrne. But in a similar sense, you're just wondering now, where does Sean Byrne yeah. actually fit into I this know. team now? It's, it's maybe just the case of inj getting injured at the wrong time yeah. in terms of Sean Byrne. We've seen that with a few players this season with the they get injured and they just can't get um, back in that team. So, yeah, I'll, I will be interested to... Because I, I haven't... Over the past few weeks, I haven't got the, the feeling that Boyer 100% Boyer, that Burns his, his type. Yeah, no, um, they obviously got hooked last time. I think that's fair, fair to say, isn't um, it? Although we haven't even mentioned the injuries, which is... Uh, everything's so happy, but they've still got a bunch of injuries. Um, yeah. They had seven missing on Saturday. Eight, if you include um, Rudden, who obviously didn't, didn't get included because because he was on the verge of the move to St Johnston, and then Max Anderson managed to get injured on the bench mm -hmm. Saturday, which sums up their luck. I think yeah. Yeah. Did he fall off it. <laughs> I'm just saying in the warm up. Zach Rudden's had a, a fair bit of criticism since he went to St Johnston from uh, in the you know social media and things like that. It's a good move for him. I think it's a good move. A good move for the club as, uh, uh, uh -huh. as well. I think Zach Rudden's got goals in him. He got him yeah. He's still a young man learning his way. 
I think he is. He, he has got goals, and he, you know, he, it'd be interesting to see how he, how he does this in Johnston. Gary Boyer's absolutely spot on in his assessment that his hold-up play has to be better, but that can mm. improve. Yeah, yeah. He's at, he's at a stage he's going to be able, he'll, he'll improve that. Now, if he does that, and he's still got goals in his game, there's a striker there that you know that could do a job for you. He could well come back. Yeah, well, he could do a job for. I think that, that's the case. That's the point I'm trying to make. Mm. He could come back at Dens. You know, we'll, we'll wait and see what see what happens. But and hey, you know what? A couple a couple of more wins for St Johnson in the near future. You're also going to have a situation where he could improve that link yeah. of play on the park Absolutely. in an ideal world. And whether it's whether it's to Dundee's benefit, St Johnson's benefit, or just Rudden's benefit, I think he, he's done enough at Dundee to show yeah. he's got something to offer. Yeah. But a phrase we've used often today in the Dundee section is type of player, the manager's yeah. type of player. Yeah. And right now he, he isn't quite the manager's type no. of player. So it's surely the best thing was to yeah, give him the chance yeah. of game time. So yeah. they've the, got him off the wage, but which is exactly. someone else to come in. They've, well, they brought in three players yeah. since he left. So it, it tells you the creativity sure. that uh, Boyer was, was talk, has been talking about for, for a while. Um, so I'd, as usual, I'll be heading up to Gardine after this to find out how how happy Mr. Boyer is with his uh, transfer business. I think he'd be oh, pretty he satisfied, be to be honest. He might not want to go overboard because he's he's a he's a canny operator. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Yeah. He's a, I've got to say, just touching on Rodden, if Rodden goes up to St. Johnson and scores six to ten goals between now and the end of the season, he's still a Dundee player. Dundee can, exactly. take, uh, or Dundee yeah, can I, sell him. I make Dundee a lot of money or sell him at have the end a good of the season, player yeah. back. Yeah. Probably, I, I would suggest that if he does well for St. Johnston, selling's an option because yeah. he, he'll Absolutely. probably want to, uh-huh. he himself but will want to make he that. He puts himself in a bit of a short window. Some, yeah. It might be St. Johnston, it might be another Premier Club mm. might have a, have a pop, you know, so. And to finish off by focusing on Saturday's game, now Bear, George, said earlier he thought Zach Robinson, he doesn't see him being thrown in from the start. It, it occurs to me, hey, Gary Boyer's not a not afraid to change a winning team and he he, he is very much a sort of game by game tactically manager as well might he, because he's got so many effective players on the bench might he say say well Robinson is my, has been my number one choice this season when he's been available I'm going to start him let him have an hour mm-hmm. and then bring someone on which is something that's worked for Dundee my guess is he'll stick with Kwame that's um, it he does like to... That was a very long question and a very short answer. <laughs> he, did, he, he, he has spoken a lot about if you if you perform, then you keep the shirt. And it's about the other players to push you and, and show that they can do better when they come off the bench. I get the feeling that he's been fairly happy with, with Kwame Thomas. He, I don't think he had his best game ever against Queen's Park. Um, that was maybe just a, a question of, the kind of minute, minutes catching up with him after not playing for so long, but I, I, I think he's quite happy with with him so far, and the rest of the new signings. I think Clampen may get may get a look in. Uh, Sam Fisher did well at right back. I thought he was he was absolutely fine there, um, but I think Clampen might come in at left back. I think that's the only change I I, I can see him making. And finally, well, the, the the start that tickled me most in the whole transfer window. And it had to be Dundee. And, and again, I'm not going to go at the boy. I just like this. Uh, the signed Laurent Tolage yeah. from Brighton. Well done. A striker. And what's he never done? He's scored never scored a first team goal. goal. He did score eight goals in one game for Switzerland under 19s, though. Well, 
It was Gibraltar, but it's still a record <laughs> for that level. So the, I mean, was it away at Gibraltar? Because <laughs> it, it probably could have been ten, but I'd, having walked past the yeah. Gibraltar Stadium, you can actually kick the ball onto the runway at the airport right. from well, the stadium. I think the game finished sixteen-one or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see. Obviously, don't know too much about me. He's been on loan at Salford City, which was Gary Boyer's previous club. He was there last season, so no doubt, still knows a lot of people around there and will have done his, his homework. On I, the I think it's I think it's fair to point out, all hilarity aside, if there's a team you wouldn't mind getting a player from uh, just now, it's Brighton because their recruit, yeah, their recruitment pound for pound, yeah. few clubs in the world can match it. Exactly. So, and it's not like they're they're chucking all their eggs in the tollage back basket, if, if I can say that. Um, How did you manage to say <laughs> tollage properly? You could say basket. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. That's, as I say, it's been a long week. Um, but they've got, they've just got loads of attacking options now. That's, I would, yet to see tollage, uh, but from what I read, it looks like a proper number nine, a guy that plays right up top. So does Thomas, so does Robinson. You've still got Sheridan. You've got your Quebec play up there. So there's there's a lot of options. You, only I would say only one of them has to has to really hit hit it off between now and the end of the season and Dundee will be going very there's much. There's so right many direction. of them. If each of them scores three or four goals, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Exactly. So interested to see how as Bear kinda of mentioned, how he manages all that, but when you look across the road and and they're United are, are not happy because they they haven't brought in a striker and Dundee have brought in three. You'd rather have two too many. You'd rather have you? too many than too few. That's yeah. a, that's a very good point. And just think from Young Tolage's point of view. Imagine scoring your first senior goal at New Douglas Park. <laughs> there's a there's a thought to forget. We'll take that. <laughs> If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>